Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. I'm Rick, here with Jack. And give me something to believe in, Jack. The Sox. They're not doing it, dude. I ain't got shit. I ain't got anything. <laughs> what? what? I got nothing. What I got nothing for you. What the fuck is going on? We For a second, for like a good week, two-week stretch, we thought they were back. What, what, what happened? Losers of the last five... <laughs> Um, it, it it seemed to change. It changed in one play and one play uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was five games ago at this point, uh, but the Sox were within grasps of, of beating uh, Baltimore in a series that they had struggled already yep. with in Chicago with Baltimore. Uh, two outs in the inning. Sox have the lead. Fly ball to foul territory. Adam Engel tries to leap over and get under it. He checks for the railing. Doesn't watch the ball to the mitt. Fundamental baseball. Watch the ball into your mitt. Mm-hmm. Um, drops the ball. Next pitch. Or, yeah, next pitch. Or the pitch after. Ball's in the seats. We got mm-hmm. an extra game. Or we got a tie game. We're going to extra innings. Rough. And this team sucks in extra innings. They've got a losing record. Mm-hmm. It continued. And uh, they lost the series again. And it's cost the games against a team that, yes, baseball writers have kind of written off, at least percentage-wise, in Baltimore, that they won't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they're more <laughs> they're more in contention than I would say the White Sox at this point. True. they sit three games back of a wild card, where we sit seven and a half. Um, and then you get to the point of that extra inning, and you see Luis Robert hit. And the man's swinging with one hand. It, the team... It, it sucks to see, you know, yes, Robert hurt his wrist, uh, I think, a week or two back. Uh, they didn't place him on an IL stint um, yeah. for that injury, and, and Tony said he's a baseball player. He'll play through it. He wanted to play through it. Uh, when you're down a run or two in extra innings and the game matters, every game matters, I don't give a shit if the guy wants to play baseball. You need to win ball games. And when you see the first swing, and it's very noticeable within the first mm-hmm. swing, <laughs> That it, he is in pain, and then it just it, it turns into be. To be honest, and it's nothing against Luis Robert because I understand he's hurt. Mm-hmm. I understand he can't can't swing the bat. Has to be the worst at bat I have seen <laughs> from a major league player, without a doubt. That bad, huh? I mean, he, he, oh, it's 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 excruciating. Uh, and this is all in one game. Let me yeah. add to. So now let's talk about the other four that they've lost. Uh, and this is a first in franchise history. They got swept by Arizona, another team that's under 500, another ball club that they needed to take at least two from one, and they couldn't. And all this is going to have to happen, of course, here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Weekend set, you would think the fans would come alive, the team needs to win some ball games. They need to get back into this wild card slash division hunt, and the ball club comes up flat. It, it, time and time again, Eloy finally back after some sore legs, uh, but his inconsistency to, to stay healthy or be able to play more than two games before having to take basically two games mm-hmm. off um, has been an issue. Yasmani is finally starting his IL um, st- or his rehab stint in Charlotte, but that doesn't matter because he has the worst regression in an OPS. <laughs> Basically seen, you know, a guy who was hitting high, I think he was .9 in OPS. He's at he's below .6. It Holy is a astronomical drop. And uh, you see that from Moncada. You see that from Grandal. 
No one's going to hit mm-hmm. 20 home runs on this team. It, it, wave the white flag. I, I'm waving the white flag. It, it, you know, <laughs> throw in the towel. Call it a day. Uh, I don't know, think it, you're I think the first White Sox fan to do it either. It, it had to be done. Yeah. You know, I, I think... Um, I love baseball. It is my second favorite sport. I, I am. I, you have given me the pleasure to report on baseball through three up, three down. Uh, but it sucked doing last night's or two nights. Oh, I bet, dude. I bet because it's it's just uh, you know. I think through this pandemic, through this last two years, uh, as you listeners know, I, if I haven't shared it mm-hmm. enough, I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks are my number one. They're my diehards. They will always be um, as tough as a time as that is. And yes, I was spoiled uh, with. And I think all Chicago fans were spoiled yep. with the dynasty. Yep. Um, but as we kind of left that and saw the destruction and fall of of them, and and kind of the rebuild of the White Sox, it was the exciting thing that actually you got to watch in Chicago mm-hmm. through the pandemic, and that resonated. And you expected, you know, this team was expected to win ninety two games. They may win seventy, seventy five. You know, that's they'll win 70, 70. But I think, you know, it's iffy if they win 75. And the unbelievable part about it is they still have a really, really weak schedule. I think it's the fourth easiest schedule for winning. So mathematically, it's not over, Uh, but it's over. You know, and and Tony LaRissa missed tonight's game. They score seven runs. They hit, I think, more than two or three home runs in the game. Yeah. Still lost. Still lost. You know, it, it's been brutal performances from Lucas Giolito, um to just inconsistency throughout the squad. Uh, you can tell it's it's a team that just isn't hitting mm-hmm. to their fundamental mistakes, mm-hmm. and that's really what's showing this year. And it's unfortunate that Cleveland and Minnesota are good, but they're playing baseball the right yeah. way. They're getting on base. They have guys that have 20 home runs. They have guys that are... Um, hitting high 200s and have OPSs and, and slugging percentages and uh, and all the stats that are backing up a team that should be winning. Mm-hmm. And when your run differential is still negative 40, there's just nothing about this team that's going to be successful. I, I, it sucks. Oh, I, I can see that, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes sense. Uh, but, you know, I... I I don't know what else to say about it. You know, it, you've got to uh, you've got to see immediate improvement. You would have expected to hopefully see that mm-hmm. again in Chicago versus Kansas City mm-hmm. in a winnable situation. It didn't happen again tonight. You've got I think two more games, and that's uh, yeah, two more games. One tomorrow and one Thursday, and then you got Minnesota coming into town, and then you got the Mariners coming. Then you go to Mariners, but then you have the Athletics. So winnable series there. Rockies winnable. Quick trip to Cleveland, probably going to lose that. Quick trip to Detroit, should win that. And then Cleveland comes to town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have nine games left versus Cleveland. I think they have yeah. or they have seven games versus Cleveland and nine games versus Minnesota left. Like I said, the mathematic possibility is still there, but forget about it. Forget about the White Sox. Uh, <laughs> nails are, are basically in the coffin and... Uh, um, it's just it's time to put it in the hole is what it seems like. So, it's um, it's rough because I listened to the three up three down episode, which I definitely recommend because you and Alex just just went fucking ham on them, uh, pretty much like you just did now, and it 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 sucks because like we were talking about uh, I think uh, maybe like bef- like right before the break 
you guys were like, they have the easiest schedule after the break. Like, they have one of the easiest schedules for the rest of the, the, the season. They should absolutely be able to come back. And they were good. Like I said, like a two-week stint there, they were like, oh, shit, the Sox are back. They're winning games. They, they're like five over 500, and now it's just, are they back to, to 500? I forget. I didn't see the schedule. They're below. They're below. You know what I mean? And it's like, how do you take that easy schedule and then literally just just take a shit? Again, they lost nine to seven in the Royals today. How like like how? These guys are well like twenty games below the five hundred. Like it's 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 rough. And again, I can only imagine how it feels because like the aspirations coming into this year were astronomical. You it, it was World Series favorites. And then you got Larusa falling asleep, uh, uh, walking guys on a one two on a what is it one two count, uh, taking numerous <laughs> numerous times, times. Numerous like not times. even once, not even like a one and done, and and taking taking ad, ad, advice from fans, you know, sitting behind the, behind home plate to run angle to run this guy to do that, you know, it's just it, and now he misses a game because of his health. Hopefully he's fine. I don't wish any ill will on the guy. But the only thing I wish is like, you know, Tony, you get you, my boy Jack here is struggling. Why you got to make my boy Jack struggle right now? Like this is ridiculous. Well, it, it's his point to all the losing. It's like, yeah, I'm, he, he said I'm angry. You know, it, it doesn't look it. <laughs> everyone is. It, do, it doesn't. No. And um, unfortunately, he missed today's game. With some medical issues, hopefully he's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, always think about the person first, then the ball player or manager. Uh, but uh, you know, I think if he is a competitive guy, which it's going to be tough for him to say, you know, maybe I'm not the right guy for this situation. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that it, it needs to happen. At least a change needs to happen. If Tony wants to stay with the organization, <laughs> um, great. Mm-hmm. If he wants to be an advisor, great. But someone else needs to be in charge. The, the locker room, you can tell they don't listen to the guy. Um, it's a professional team that doesn't look professional. And I mean that in all, asset, all aspects of the mm-hmm. game. Um, and like I said, it's just a team that last year was able to walk, able to hit the, out their mistakes. And it's just it hasn't been the case this year. I think they have one of the worst um, run saved per defense um, stats in the in the league, Fuck. and and that's been showing. Um, and you know it, the walk rate has been mm-hmm. just it, been non-existent. So uh, it's just it's all this it's all the stuff that makes a winning team perform. It, it's not there this year. Um, I don't know. If, you know. Yes, you can. You can say, oh, that's on the ball players. Yes, you can say that's on La Russa. Uh, frankly, it's it's on everyone. Mm-hmm. And people need to be accountable for this. People need to understand that, uh, sure, Rick Hahn was probably not given what he was expecting to be given, given the fact that they were expected to be so competitive this year and yeah. heading into an offseason where the, they had really two, three holes that they really needed to address. Uh, it the cheap way just doesn't it doesn't get you anywhere mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you might luck out sometimes and and more times than not you're going to strike out and the Sox did um, I love Josh Harrison he brings energy to the team he's one of the only guys that still gets fired up revs the motorcycle anytime he you know kind of gets on base uh, and he's been a good defensive player for Coito. us Coito but, too, man. Uh, 
and Cueto as yeah. well. And uh, you know that is that will be definitely proved to be the best um, acquisition of, of the offseason, especially acquiring him through a minor league deal through free agency. Uh, but uh, you know it, the inconsistency in right and left field. Um, mostly right mm-hmm. with Andrew Vaughn and, and Gavin Sheets. I think Andrew Vaughn is, um, and the guy's been great, you know, especially with his bat. Nothing against the guy, but I think he's one of the worst um, in terms of the st- statistics in fielding. Mm-hmm. And it's because the guy's a natural first baseman and not a, a right outfielder. So they're trying to press um, these situations and, you know, you, you don't understand when if Makata gets hurt or if, if Garcia gets hurt or if um, Anderson, who has now been hurt, you know, yes, they went and signed Elvis Andrews. I think it's a great addition. It was proving to be um, something that when they were in, at the time going to Cleveland and needed a shortstop, uh, a guy who rakes the ball at in Cleveland, mm-hmm. as we talked about um, on one of the podcasts. Uh, it, still, it just doesn't matter. I think you know you could have had. Jake Berger this lineup. You could add Jake Berger up on the team. He was a guy who was hitting for power, yeah. and if he was with this team uh, for the whole season, yes, I don't think his numbers would be great, but I do think he would have the highest home run total because, you know, the fact is they've only hit 14 <clears throat> or 15 tops by uh, any leader, and it's just pathetic. It, and it's right down there low with uh, with Detroit and, and the bottom of the team. I was going to say, and I, and I feel like he would have brought – some more energy to the team too, because, you know, I was listening when I was listening to three up, that's one of the things you guys talked about was like, the energy is like low as fuck on this team. When before that was, what was kind of like bringing this team more into the game, maybe a little bit more psyched to, you know, for every at bat, something like that. I feel like him, like Cueto, obviously Tim Anderson losing him sucked, uh, not getting him back until maybe like later on this in, in September that sucks because he is another energy guy, um, it, but again, Jake Berger, I feel like he would have he would have definitely brought some energy. Also, what, what, has AJ Pollock done anything? I, I feel like I haven't heard of AJ Pollock at all. I think he hit a home run earlier this week, and it <laughs> seemed to be like the first home run they had hit in like a week and a half. Um, the guy's been okay. Yeah. You know, I think it hasn't been as consistent. You know, he hit lefties last year pretty well mm-hmm. from the right hand side. So the Sox expected him to be a great left-handed or a right-handed facing left-handed pitching batter. It hasn't really panned out that in that way. Uh, his right-handed stats, I think, have been pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, power numbers have been meh, and and people need to understand. You know, Pollock was struggling to see time potentially in L.A. Yep. Um, at, and he had kind of been beaten out and and was kind of on his fall. So maybe you know, in that sense going after a guy like Pollock like they did and, and for the value of Kimbrell who hasn't really turned out to be what LA I think had hoped um, as we saw towards the end of the year when we um, acquired him from the Cubs. <laughs> Just dumping uh, that guy anywhere. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I don't know. I think I'll leave you with the last few thoughts I'll give in, you know, I think between Eloy mm. Uh, Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, and Yohan Moncada, Grandal, all these guys. No one's played over 90 games. Um, only Jose Abreu's been the one guy who's who's really been able to stay healthy throughout the year, and he's played on nights where you could tell he's hurting mm-hmm. and, 
and his legs are barking and his you know but and Abreu has stayed on the field he stayed consistent um, so when you want to look at it the, the guys that matter the guys that need to be on the field just haven't been there yeah um, and it, it's just been the story of, of the season mm-hmm. like I said um, waving the white flag just trying to think of a nice depressing uh, tune to play uh, play on on the finishing part of this socks um, part of this crosstown segment um, at this point I now ask that we move on to your Chicago cubbies uh, I just want to say one thing you know you could point to the to the injuries that the socks had and that was a big thing obviously right at the beginning of the season throughout the you know towards the, towards the break and whatnot but Still feel like a lot of teams that do go through injuries were able to come up with something. Dodgers, I think, were one of them that you guys mentioned on three up, and I, I just think it was just a mismanagement, really, on TLRs. But I, he's gonna be gone. So I, I, I strongly believe he'll be gone. Um, the logical person would think yes. Yeah, um, that that's for sure. That's logical for sure. person. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was that was the White Sox. That was. Uh, Basically, Jack just just done chained them. They're done. They're done for the season. Stick a fork in them. It's over. There's still about 40 games, so hopefully, hopefully they surprise them. Uh, they surprise Jack and maybe make a wild card. Uh, he's shaking his head no, but you know, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on to the Cubs. Uh, there's really not much else, man. I, I mean, it's just two two terrible teams on on in Chicago right now in baseball, which. Should never be the case, in my opinion. But here we go with the Cubs. Uh, you know they lost their their uh, their series win streak. It was it was after that loss against the uh, the Brewers that we talked about la- that I talked about last week. They went. Uh, what was it? They've gone three and seven uh, in, the, in their last ten games. Just lost to the Jays tonight. Uh, they won two of two out of five against the Cards. They won only one in a three-game set against the Brewers, and have currently lost two games in a row to the Jays. They got one more tomorrow. Uh, they, I mean, they've lost the series. It doesn't matter. Their their, their five-game win streak was over. And now their five-game series win streak is over. So, currently sitting at fifty-five and seventy-four. August wasn't bad. You know, fourteen for twenty-nine. Fourteen wins out of almost thirty games. Not bad. They got one more tomorrow. See if they can maybe even it up. Uh, just be 500 for the month, which is, you know, really kind of all you could ask for right now. Um, uh, yeah, three and seven in the last ten. Like I said, uh, really the only things, a couple things to mention with really these last couple games is Ian Happ homered twice uh, in game one against the Brewers. Really, the the, the only two hits and the only f- runs for the Cubs were from Ian Happ's bat. He went two for four, two homers. Uh, with four RBIs, and that's it. That's all they could go. That that's all they could muster against Peralta. Peralta had a solid outing. I think he went six or seven innings with those, uh, uh, either two earned runs or four. I forget. Justin Steele had another solid outing that game as well. Five and a third, one earned run, six Ks. He's got a three one eight ERA right now. Um, so hopefully he gets close to you know a sub three, which would be. Really impressive uh, for someone who who's been uh, on the Cubs for a couple seasons now. Um, Chris, uh, sorry, Contreras and Morel uh, hit a couple solo homers in tonight's loss against the Blue Jays, so that was cool. You know, the the only the only I think runs or I think they lost five to three. I forget what it was, but that's kind of it. Morel, Contreras, you got Hap, you got Steele, and you got Suzuki. The only guys really making 
the Cubs watchable again, like, you know, going into this season. Um, that puts Wilson at 21 homers for the season and Morel at 13. Morel at 13 homers. I think he came up in May. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. Just seeing him, again, this is just one of those things that you kind of look forward to as a Cubs fan. Is like, seeing him just do amazing right now. Uh, in his limited time, you know, basically half a season that he's played uh, and already putting up 13 homers. This kid, this kid's just going to be great in the outfield. He's already pretty good uh, uh, offensively. So he's just going to, I think he's just going to be a superstar um, coming up. So that's, you know, good to see uh, him and uh, him and uh, Suzuki in the outfield. We don't know what's going to happen with Hap. He's got one more year left. Um, so that's, you know, just something to look forward to Cubs fans. I'm just, I'm trying to pull out all the stops right now for Cubs fans. At least you guys had a shot coming into the season. We we were just looking at positive notes right now. Well, it, and exciting enough, and we'll see how much it lays true. Mm-hmm. Um, with the kind of rumors surrounding the Angels of Los Angeles, um, there's been talk about Tani to, to Chicago. Yep. And it's been uh, it's been the talk to the north side. It has. So there are some exciting things to look at in that sense. And and with the downfall of, of uh, rapid downfall, actually, and <laughs> something that's kind of been existing, but uh, that would be game changing. That would put the Cubs strict right back on the map mm-hmm. um, with a few more additions and and the emergence of Morel and and some of these other guys. Uh, this could be a really scary team, and, and you can see some of the pieces building. Oh, I think yeah. you can understand. Um, you know, Jed Hoyer. As much as you hate the Ricketts family <laughs> and probably hate the front office, they're starting to. You're starting to understand mm-hmm. and see that there is a plan there, and and there's logic to what his decisions are. Uh, and I'm excited to see what the Cubs do in that free agency period because they've got some money to spend. Um, I think they've got some eager fans that want them to be competitive. I know Hoyer has said. You know, we're not going to just break the bank for, you know, one guy if it means, you know, costing us the future. So we'll see what happens there. But I do think they'll be competitive on all the top free agents. Um, I did think Carlos Correa could be realistic at some point to this team. He did say this week or last week that he could really see himself resigning in Minnesota. For my sake, I really hope not. (laughs) Um, And for the city's sake, it'd be really exciting to see another star in Chicago. We'll take him off your hands, Um, dude. No problem. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I can get behind Correa going to Chicago mm-hmm. um, if that does happen. So we'll see. They they will be, and they have been noted to be big players in the free agent shortstop game, um, as well as some of the other guys that can come available potentially via trade, like Otani. Um, so that would be really exciting for Cubbies fans on the north side. Yeah, man. That and I and I was reading an article where it was like, yeah, you know, the, this is being talked about. Is it? Is it doable? Probably not because of what you said. Jed Hoyer is like, we're not going to go all out for one guy. We're not going to go all out for, or we're not going to go all out just to, to, you know, to sabotage the future with these guys. And, you know, when you think of like a guy like Otani, like you're going to give up a lot of shit for a guy like Otani, even for a trout, for a Correa or something, right? Correa's probably, Correa's definitely going to opt out of his contract with Minnesota. But, you know, when you think of it, when you're thinking of a trade for Otani, you're giving up a lot of farm guys, a lot of MLB ready players as well, and you're gonna you're gonna sign that guy long term, and it's gonna eat up a lot of money. So, Jet Hoyer is gonna stick to his guns. I it seems that way for sure. He's gonna stick to his guns, build through through the farm, and and do what he has to where he could pay 
a good amount of money for a decent player, but not break the bank, like he said. Uh, and I mean, that's he's just shown that, you know, these last two uh, seasons as a president of operations or whatever. Um, so he's going to do that. And to be honest, I, I if a guy like Otani would 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 come to Chicago, it would be like you said, it would be just catastrophic to the NL Central. A guy like Otani coming to the Cubs immediately makes them a, a World Series contender, immediately makes them uh, like a team that's going to be on Sunday night baseball and, you know, all these like primetime games. Um, so, I mean, as a Cubs fan, is would that be fucking awesome? Absolutely it would. Even a Correa, you know what I mean? Uh, he's going to want a lot of money too, but even a Correa, bringing a Correa in, bringing a, a you know, a, a top-tier starting pitcher maybe, um, even though we've got a couple good good young young guys there, but it would just be super exciting. Um, so yeah, I read I read that. Would it be cool? Yeah, is it going to happen? Probably not. Tani's probably going to stay either with the Angels or he's going to go to like the Yankees or the Dodgers. Or, you know, like he's going to go to one of those teams if the Angels even entertain a thought of trading him. Well, and yes, I wouldn't write the ship off yet. You know, I think it, it's going to be a really. Um, you know, as much as we said, Jed is going to be conservative in some aspects. Mm-hmm. I do think this is going to be a really telling um, next two seasons for the Cubs. Yeah. They're going to really spend the money this season <clears throat> or next. I do think this free agency class is a little bit um, more talented than what is expected of the year after. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just would be interesting to see. I think I would pump pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know <laughs> if I'd call them instant World Series contenders. If whoa, what? What do you mean? They, uh, they, they extend Contreras, dude. It's over. <laughs> if they extend Contreras, they, they add, a, add a few more pieces. I think, yes, <laughs> you can say. But I do think that adding Otani definitely makes them uh, competitive. I don't know if they get over that hump of the Cardinals right now. Yeah, yeah. Welchman uh, is ridiculous. But I do think they would be definitely in front of um, Milwaukee and would definitely be beating out a struggling... Um, the San Diego team for that third wild card spot if they did have Otani. Yeah. Um, interesting things to see. I think interesting things to hope for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, your expectations were set a little <laughs> bit lower coming into the year. Um, but at least your expectations were set. Um, <laughs> I, and I, we, I've just been surprised. That's let's, like, like I said, with Suzuki, with a lot of these young guys, it's really just been like, wow, this is actually like watchable baseball right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, and I, I just looked at it when, when we started the segment. You know, the team has a run differential, I think, of minus eight, 80 something. Mm-hmm. For a team that's as below 500 as they are, it's telling you that they're in these ball games. You know, for most yeah. parts, they're not getting trashed. There have been some games where they have obviously oh, yeah. been blown out. Uh, but their pitching is has been decent. They're getting some hitting. They're scoring runs. Uh, you know, you want to look at it. The White Sox, I think they have uh, double the run total or differential Oof. than the Sox do. But you would expect that from a team that's as um, out of it as the Cubs are yeah. versus a team like the White Sox. And the fact is the Cubs run differential isn't near what the worst teams are in the league. Uh, so you got to take the plus and minuses from there. Exactly. You know, the bullpen does have some arms that are hurt. You'll get back Cody Hoyer. It looks to be your closer for the future. I hope so. Uh, I believe there's some other guys that are hurt as well. Um, but Keegan Thompson you know, I think is there's on some the excitement. Aisle, you know. 
Yeah. So I think there's excitement for, for Cubbies fans, and, and like I said, it's going to be a telling next two seasons. It's either going to be next year or this year that they, they go out and uh, and spend the big bucks. And I feel like that's kind of what, what Jed was trying to do, right? Like get, like get that excitement growing because like – Couple other notes I had right, like Zach McKinstry, one of the guys we got from from the Dodgers, homered, uh, drove in three in the in, in the Cubs win against the Cards, seven to one. We got twenty five year old Javier Assad made his MLB debut uh, against the Cardinals, four scoreless innings pitch, three Ks, four hits allowed. This kid is got got selected from AAA right before the game. He's been with the Cubs since he was eighteen, uh, from Tijuana, Mexico. So like. And his first strikeout was Albert Pujols, and he got him looking. Like, that's that's just one of those things where you look at it and you're like, this is fucking awesome, man. You know, like, again, like, the expectations were absolutely set at the beginning of the season, but it just kind of like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, Suzuki's doing well, uh, uh, you know, Keegan Thompson has emerged, Justin Steele has emerged as a great starting pitching candidate. You know, Nico Horner is is hitting the ball, you know, for for average. He's doing really well, and his defense is not bad. Uh, so, so that's always great to see too, because then we talk about Correa bringing in and then it's like, okay, well, what about Nico? You know, and then that just becomes a whole other conversation, but there's a lot of good things happening. And I think with this emergence of all this, this group, personally, I would spend a ton of fucking money. I would bring Correa if, if I, if I could, if Otani for the right price, maybe not give up too much. I would bring in Otani too. Uh, I, you know, just get the, get the Cubs fans even more hype for the for next season right um of course i think that the union and all that still probably has to like decide on on, on a new uh i think they still have to decide on a new deal but we'll get into that in the off season no, no more no more of that fucking talk um but yeah you know it's just exciting and, and to spend money again the the cubs and the Sox should not be bad they shouldn't be bad one at least one team should be like ridiculously good, you know, with maybe the other one being somewhat average, but n- but not shit, not like not like we're kind of not in the direction we're going in now, you know, with these two teams. And it looks like the Cubs are on the come up. Hopefully the Sox, hopefully Cheapsdorf, you know, maybe like you said, lo- gets some logic in his head. It's like, hey, t- you know, Larusa, Tony, I'm sorry, brother, but yeah, you, know, you, you want to be an advisor? You could. You're not gonna manage this fucking team anymore. You could fall asleep in the box if you want during a game, but not not as a manager. I'll tell you that fucking much. Oh, it's. I was watching. I can't remember what show it was. I think it was one of like the deadliest catch shows, and I mm-hmm. just turned it on because I was bored, and <laughs> I watched some clip on YouTube, and I was curious. So I turned on the first episode of it. And guess what the name of the first captain Tony. they introduced Tony. Tony LaRussa. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding you me? I away. can't get rid of this guy. I can't get, get rid of this freaking guy. Um, so I thought you'd get a kick out of that. That was good. I like that. Uh, I like that. Interesting enough, Sox fans, if you're pissed off, if you're hungry, um, and your hate is filled for Tony LaRussa and you're looking for a new show, do not turn on the pilot for Deadliest <laughs> Catch because you will meet a different version, um, probably a... a uh, successful captain and probably a good leader, maybe a better leader for this team than uh, than what Tony's doing for this White Sox team. But uh, uh, I'm sure I, I just can't get rid of this guy. It drives me nuts. So, I'll tell you this um, much: I, I'm pretty sure that Tony Larusa doesn't fall asleep on the fucking job. I'll tell you, I'm positive that fucking guy doesn't fall asleep. Pathetic. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, for the Cubs, Brennan Davis made his. Uh, 
his return back in Triple A after a ten game assignment for uh, ten game rehab assignment in Single A. Hit a bomb to left field in his second or third at bat or something like that. So he's definitely back. So that's great to see. Obviously the Cubs top prospect. Great to see him back. You know, was expected to have a major league debut this season. Obviously, that's not going to happen because of his back surgery in the spring. So he's going to play in the fall league. He's going to come back in spring training. Maybe even get selected to be on the major league club for opening day. We'll see what happens. But that's kind of the the positives for the uh, the Cubs. Um, and yeah, again, man, like I really just don't think any Chicago team should suck. And like. Every Chicago team has, like, sucked for a while now. Really, the only one that was... I mean, the best one in the last couple of years was the Sox last year. That was, like, the best the best team, right? So, uh, we're, we're gone from the days of the, of the Hawks dynasty. 2018 for the Bears was too long ago. And I don't, want, I don't think anybody want to, wants to remember that, so... I've got something for you. But... Let's move on to Sky High, the best team in Chicago right now. The only one with championship aspirations uh, destroyed New York in Game 3. Absolutely dominated New York Liberty in Game 3 after that Game 1 loss. Um, But unfortunately lost Game 1 of the semifinals against the Connecticut Sun. So... They lost game one against the New- against Liberty. They lost. They lose against Connecticut, and then they dominate the next couple games. So I'm I'm expecting that same thing. Next game is in Chicago on Wednesday. But let's talk about game one loss, uh, 68 to 63. You got to give it to the Suns defense. That's the lowest point total the Sky have scored the entire season is 63 points. So they did really well uh, defensively against the against the Sky and their their you know their potent offense really. Um, Candace Parker still doing amazing things throughout the season, now into the postseason. She went 19 points, 18 rebounds, 6 blocks, 5 assists, and 4 steals. Like, come on. Um, she became the first WNBA player to compile at least 15 points, 15 rebounds, 5 blocks, and 5 assists in a playoff game. So, <laughs> breaking records. It's just become nothing to Candace Parker. She's just breaking records. She doesn't even know it. She's like, yeah, I'm just trying to win the game, right? So... That's what it. That's what it was. She's breaking records. Kenneth Parker probably going to be another NBA, uh, WNBA MVP soon. So, uh, the Sun had the advantage against the Sky in transition scoring, outscoring them eight to six. Uh, and then you know with 16 seconds left, this guy had an opportunity to tie the game to go into overtime. Unfortunately, Kenneth Parker missed the three. Suns rebounded. They fouled. They get the extra couple points there for a 68-63 win. Um, and yeah, I mean that you know they're zero one right now. Again, the next game is tonight, Wednesday at seven central. So make sure to catch the sky. Um, they had they had swept the regular season against the Suns, but obviously the Suns got you know a game that mattered in the in the postseason. So um, yeah, you know, and 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 Azura Stevens, you know, thinks that their mo is to kind of come back, right? She goes, I think that's just sort of been our mo for the last few years. We always find the way to bounce back. We lost the first game in the New York series, and we bounced back. So I think for sure we'll be more prepared for anything that they throw at us, and we will for sure play better the next game. So uh, that's what this team is, you know. And they've got they've got a bit of like uh, uh, I don't want to say swagger, but they're they're chippy, man. Uh, Was it Kaylee Copper was like 
going for going for the ball, wasn't letting go against one of the Suns players. Just, just they want that win. They, I mean, they only lost by five points, you know. And and the average they've been losing to, I think, the Suns throughout the season has been like four and a half points. So these two teams are really good. Obviously, the Sky are the number two seed, and even the Las Vegas Aces, number one seed, lost in uh, the semifinals. But again, game two, Wednesday, seven central. The Sky are going to win. They're in Chicago. That's their win trust, dude. They got to win. They're going to be champions again. That's that's what it is. That's all it is. That's that's what I know. <laughs> it seems to be the only thing keeping you alive. It's, that's it, dude. <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's definitely an important game, too. Losing game one, especially on home court. Yep. Scary stuff. Um, you've seen this team be able to battle back uh, from either deficits in game or deficits in series, at least on this playoff run. So you do have some confidence there. Um, was interesting enough to see, you know, both the one and two seeds losing that game one. I think it was the first time uh, it happened. With Las Vegas dropping. Yeah, with Las Vegas losing two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you had to guess, one of those two teams is going to be able to pull back this series. Got to hope it's our sky. Oh, it's going to. Uh, it's going to. I do think, you know, Copper is going to score more than 13 points next game. I think she only had about 10 shots, mm-hmm. um, and she went about 50%. So I do think that will improve. Candace Parker, the legend she was, what, 19 points, 18 uh, rebounds? Yeah. Did I see that right? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, it's just unbelievable. So um, I do think this team's going to rally behind a home court tomorrow night at the Trust, like you mm-hmm. said. Still haven't been there yet. I need to check out a, a Suns game. But, yeah, I haven't been there either. Uh, Ghost Sun or Ghost Guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chill out, chill out, chill out. Yeah, go Sky. Uh, gotta gotta be hopeful for the best team in the city, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think it'll be an exciting game too. I think ESPN two. Yeah, I think 70? it is ESPN two. Yep, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah. So and I believe it's seven o'clock. Yep, I'm not seven sure. central. Let's see. Uh, yeah, seven. Yep, seven o'clock. Four and a half favorites. Four and a half point All favorites. All right, there we go. There we go. Put, Let's put the pedal to the metal. Let's blow out the Suns on on, on home court and, and send the series back to, I don't know if it's in Chicago for one more or for then it jumps to uh, um, Connecticut. I don't understand the WNBA. I, yeah, I don't know either. I, I'm pretty sure it's 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. So it's got to be two in Chicago, two in uh, Connecticut, and, and one back here. And also Connecticut, like, Connecticut's not a basketball town, dude. Like, fucking... Just destroy them already. Can it, what the fuck? Connecticut, fuck Connecticut, dude. Like, come on. Uh, well, you've already taken out New York. It, it'd be fitting to just go to the next state over and just eliminate Connecticut. So that would be helpful. Let's, let's um, do it. I do have a buddy who is a Connecticut Suns fan. He's from Connecticut. Uh, we got you know a little friendly wager going on this, and, and hopefully uh, the sky will pull her out. They better. They better. And I hope your, your buddy cries as they lose... Is it good? <laughs> All right. Uh, go Sky. When they win a championship, I'm getting a fucking championship hat. I'm getting you one too, Jack. Um, all right. Let's move into Bears breakdown. Bears going defeated in the preseason. Means nothing, but they beat the Browns 21-20. Fields, I, I don't know if you watched the game. I unfortunately was not able to. I was trying uh, but I, I, unfortunately, I was not able to. But Fields looked great from the from all the re, uh, all the uh, recap stuff I saw. Uh, three passing touchdowns in the first half. Four, 14 for sixteen, one hundred fifty six yards, 
and hit those three tutties. He hit Dante Pettis, Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin uh, in the first half, uh, split between the first and second quarter. And the Getze offense finally looks solid. Obviously, the first two games, Justin Fields wasn't really playing. He played maybe like a, a series or two uh, combined. But finally, game three, they were like Iberflus said, they were playing the entire first half, which they did. And it looked really good. It looked really good. It looked a lot better than anything that was being done last year with Fields. Um, Cole Komet looks a lot better. I know you don't think he's going to do really well. Uh, but 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 Cole Komet did really well. Uh, I think he had almost 40 yards on three receptions, and he had that touchdown, obviously. Um, and, I mean, he hit all three guys, all three guys. We'll talk a little bit about the roster later, but all three guys making the roster. So, he's, you know, he's building that trust with them. Um, and, you know, that offense is just going to look way better, and it may bring the Bears out of the depths, out of the power rankings, which they're at right now. Um, Monty was a man amongst children the way he was running the fucking ball. He was like, he wasn't going down. I think the only time he went down was like when, when he got pushed outside off sides, uh, or sorry, out of bounds. So trust rehearsal basically for, for week one. And they looked good. What were your thoughts on a uh, game three and undefeated preseason? <laughs> hey, I mean, the guy had the best uh, <clears throat> passer rating in, in the conference. He did. For God's sakes. Um, only NFC team to go undefeated. <laughs> But then, as you said, you know what? Uh, what does Means that matter? Nothing. It was, <laughs> exactly, and that you know that's the the fun but uh, frustrating uh, reality of preseason football. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's where I think yes, and I'm no credit against the Bears at all. I, or not all credit to the Bears. I think their offense looked great. Uh, I do question how much of that was against Cleveland's real defense. You did yep. see Garrett was suited up. He did play a little bit. Um, but again, you ask how much of that game, uh, <laughs> did Cleveland's, uh, number one defense play? Uh, I don't know if it was too much of it again. Uh, unfortunately I missed it as well. I did catch the highlights. I did see, um, the impressive drives from fields after watching some recaps of it. Yep. Uh, he's seeing the ball a lot better. He's making some plays with his feet. He's understanding that giving the ball to Montgomery and letting him, do some magic, get some yards, take some pressure off so second and third down are more manageable. It's going to make this team a lot more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think with uh, with all the expectation, and it is a good place to be in as much as it sucks being, I think, as you said, the worst in the power rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, 32, bro, 32. <laughs> you know, I think this team's better than what we've seen out of New York with the Jets. Um, in the years that they were probably in the 32-ranked <laughs> position. Mm-hmm. I think this team's uh, still better than the Jets, by the way. Uh, Same. I think this team's a lot better than some teams are going to realize. They've got a really easy schedule. Um, you know, I, I was talking it over with a buddy. I, I do see them taking at least split with the Lions. I see them potentially splitting with Green Bay. I do think they will lose two to Minnesota. Uh, so if you can go three and what is that? Three and six, three and f- or for what against no, the three and north? Uh, three and three versus the division. Oh yeah, math. If you can go five hundred <laughs> versus the division, that puts you in a very good uh, 
spot. And then you you know you've got games versus Houston. I don't think they're worse than Houston, even though the David Mills hype is real. Um, <laughs> Mills Mafia. And I think they're going to actually give San Francisco a run for their money at Soldier Field. You know, I think Trey Lance making his NFL you know week one debut. I think he's going to have some nerves. Field's been there, you know, not necessarily as a week one starter, but has played a significant amount of more games than uh, Trey Lance has. Exactly. And I think they're going to turn some heads. It's going to be interesting. The defense is, is yes, not going to be as good as we've seen in years past, but uh, as long as you play for the full, uh, the full, what is it? 17. 40, how long is the game? 45 minutes? What is it? Uh, 15, 60 minutes. 60 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do math. Um you know, as long as you play for a full 60 minutes, you're going to compete every game. You saw that last year with an incompetent coach that they were in most games than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think this team's going to be a little bit more competitive, and I do think they'll have some more fight in their stomach, given the fact that everyone has written them off. Yeah, and, and you know, you talk about the Jets, you talk about the Texans, you talk about all these teams. Goalless and only football where I they, they had them ranked 32nd. Below all these fucking teams. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Goals and only football. Me and Kyle go over that. And then I've, I've got a couple of clips up on Instagram and, 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 and YouTube. But, like, that's ridiculous. I don't think they're worse than all those teams. And the Jets and the Texans. Maybe the Jaguars. I would throw the Jaguars in there. Even though Trevor Lawrence has gotten a full season, right? He still had uh, Urban Meyer there as his coach for half the games. I don't think they're worse than the Jaguars. And now seeing an entire half you know, an entire half plus over the preseason of this offense. Sure, maybe the first game, the first couple series and the first two games were, didn't go very well, but you got an entire half of the Getsy offense of Justin Fields rolling out, getting play actions, uh, run play options, uh, run pass options, sorry. You saw that. You saw him hit multiple receivers. Uh, he's building that relationship with Kemet. Uh, he's obviously building that relationship with, with, with the new additions of Griffin and Pettis to, to the wide receiver and tight end room. Uh, and you see him being a little bit more you know trusting in, in, in his legs. Again, because this offense is tailored to his strengths, which was not the case last year with Nagy um, and whoever the fuck the OC was, who gives a shit. Um but now you see this. Now you see this transition into what he can do, and it's and it's just great. It seems like holy shit. If he had a hundred and whatever yards in the first half, now imagine when you know the second half comes. When I, I feel like m- the majority of the yards come in the second half. I don't know. This is just me. This is just me watching football over my many years <laughs> of life. I feel like. When, when it comes down to the second half, that third and fourth quarter becomes so crucial that you need to get those yards in, you know, as a quarterback. And the way the NFL's transition, you know, yada, 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 into the quarterback game. I just, it, there's no way they're 32nd. I am now starting to believe in what Eric was talking about all along. Ten wins. Ten wins seems, dude, they go three and three, right? They beat the Texans. They beat the, the, the giant uh the, the 49ers. They beat the Giants, which they do play. Uh that's what? That's six wins right there. Other four wins, I, I gotta look at their schedule, but four wins isn't isn't ridiculous to, to to get, you know what I mean? 
I I don't know. I, I I'm a believer now. I've seen a lot of this offense. Jack, you you look like you disagree. <laughs> well, I'm gonna we're gonna go through it. We're gonna go through it. Is what we're gonna do. Let's do it. Uh, Let's do I'm, it. I'm kind of excited. So now. you know, I think as I said, I do think the Bears are gonna give the 49ers a run for their money. Okay. I do still think the Bears will unfortunately lose that game. Oh come on. So zero and one. You can have them one and zero. I can live with it. But zero and one to start. Okay. Then they go to Green Bay. I like that it's still warm out. It's not going to be cold as all hell in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Aaron Rodgers owns us on on NBC. <laughs> he does. So I, he does. I, I, I'm going to have to go zero and two. Zero and two. Okay. Okay. Then we come back to Chicago for Houston. That's a win. I got one and two. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Then the Giants. I got two and two. Two and two. 500. Then the Vikings in Minnesota. That's a tough one. Two and three. Yeah, I'll take that. Commanders with Carson Wentz. Three and three. That's a win. Probably three and three. Probably three and three. uh, Yeah. They they have great weapons there. But Carson Wentz is their quarterback. I'm going three and three as well. Mm -hmm. Bears Patriots, ESPN that one, Monday night that's, in Fox. That's an interesting one. That is an interesting one because if the I, if the Bears go in at four and two, it becomes a hell of a Monday night game. If they go in at three and yes. three, eh, sure, I'll watch it. It's going to be entertaining. But Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, and I don't think too many weapons on the offense. I don't. I don't know. What do you think? I. I I think yes. New England lost a few pieces okay. this off season, um, but if they're playing similar football to what they were last year, I do still think that's a better team than the Bears. Unfortunately, I think Bill Belichick yeah. out coaches Eberflus in this one. Um, as much as we have confidence in Eberflus, um, I just don't see that one unfortunately happening. But so who and who? Sorry, who was the game the week before? Who were they playing the week before? The Patriots, Washington. Okay. I think they uh, – but if they're coming off a win, right, if they're coming off a win into Monday night, sure, I get it. Belichick, Mac Jones, if they're if they're what they were last year, it's probably a blowout because, like you said, the, the Patriots have just beaten the Bears in almost every game I've ever seen, <laughs> the Patriots against the Bears. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go – I, I want to go win on that one, but that's just me being a homer. We'll give it a loss. We'll, we'll take the L on Monday night. We'll take the L on Monday night. All right. So, if not, we're at four and three, or I think if if yeah if we have difference, I think you're at four and three. Four and three yep. versus I'm at three and four, yep. which is fine. Uh, then we go to Dallas for a twelve o'clock game. Mm. Mm. Three and five. <laughs> oh come on! There's no way. Dallas with Mike McCarthy being a fucking idiot there. You're giving Rick, him that win? I love you, man. I Rick, Rick, I love you, man. But <laughs> there's just no shot in hell we're beating Dallas. I'm telling you that right now. I'm going to... It's not going to happen. Okay. I'll take... I hope you're writing it down because I... I'm going to tell you, you, you should take him as a win. You feel confident in him. I want you to take him as a win. I'll take him um, as a win. I'll take him as a win against Dallas. Okay. So Dallas. you've got them at... Five and three. Five and three. Mm-hmm. I've got them at three and six at this point. Dolphins in Chicago. No, you got them in three or five. Early season. 
Do I have them at three and five? Yeah. All right, three and five. Uh, Dolphins early favorites by three points. That's a, games in Chicago. That's a dub. I think that's an, another one that's going to be interesting to see what if Miami's real with, uh, with the additions of Tyreek sure. and Tua. Sure. Is that going to happen? Um, so I think that's going to be interesting to watch I don't for think the sake enough. of the Bears. I don't think it's I enough. don't think it's enough either. No. So I think the Bears might pull this one out, All right. especially being in Chicago. All right. So I'm going to go to four and five. All right. Lions. Lions, Lions, Lions At, in Chicago. Oh. Bears do open as the two-point, or interesting enough that Vegas says them as a two-point favorite. Um, <laughs> I guess the Bears win with this one. Yep. We'll, we'll say that. And I'm going to say they lose in Detroit to stay to my one-and-one one to split the year with Detroit. Oh, so you think they uh, lose? No, I think they'll win in Chicago. Oh, but the one in Detroit. Detroit. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got them at 5-5, five and five, I believe, at that point. Yep, you got them at 5-5. Five and five. If that's week 10. Um, and then they have the Falcons in Atlanta. I do think the Bears are better than the Falcons. Yeah, that's another team I think so, too. Um, I do think the Bears will win this game. Same. And I do think that gets them to 6. Got them at 8. But... I just we just we don't know. We'll see. You know, if Nagy is the head coach at this point, I would give the Falcons the win there. Um, so uh, I will give Eberflus the benefit of the doubt. I will say it's a Bears win for right now. We're at six and five. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Jets. 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 With the uh, loss of of Wilson at quarterback, mm-hmm. or is it Wilson? Zach Wilson. Name? Uh, yep, Zach Wilson. Uh, I do think that hurts. I don't think Joe Flacco's got it anymore. No way. Not, not um, nine Flacco, weeks into the season. There's no way. If Joe Flacco is still starting at that point and is still, you know, and Zach Wilson isn't back miraculously because I think they didn't close the coffin on him coming back no, this year. No, I don't year, think so, yeah. I, I think it's pretty unrealistic that he will return. <clears throat> Uh, but if Joe Flacco is that starter of that game, I think the Bears do pull that one out. Let's go. Um, even though they are a minus one and a half or plus one and a half um, underdog in that game, so that gives us seven, I got which the is exciting. Like seven game win streak right now. <laughs> okay, now I got to rethink that because that's not fucking happening. I can tell you that right now. No, you got him on a four uh, game. I got him on a seven game. <laughs> so twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm. Green Bay comes to town. Green Bay is a six-point favorite in Chicago at this point. I, uh, yeah. December 4th, it will be cold. Mm-hmm. We're in the month of December. Um, if the Bears are healthy, I think this will be a competitive game. And I guess i got to stay put with my one-in-one um, thought process. Okay. So that brings me to eight games. And see, this is where me, where I sort of become a realist, because I'm just like, we can't beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter. Like, we just cannot, like, especially after last season when Aaron Rodgers just fucking, I own you, I own you motherfuckers all over Soldier Field. I'm taking that as an L. I'm taking their seven-game win streak comes to an end in Chicago against the Packers. So I think that is And so you've got them going 0-2 against Green Bay. I got them, yeah, I do have them going 0-2 against the Green Bay Packers. No, no, I think that's that's honestly a very realistic um, thought process. I think the Bears in Chicago have to (laughs) kind of redeem themselves and take – you know the, the keys of the city back, yep. back away from from fucking Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, but yeah. uh, uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, I, I've got that one personally as a Bears win. Okay, I think that brings me up to eight wins. Okay, uh, and then they finish the year with these four games: the Eagles. Uh, as much as Bears fans might think they've got a shot against Philadelphia, 
I think this is one of the teams that was most improved throughout this offseason. This mm. is definitely a Philadelphia win. That's what I would uh, my gut's going to tell me. That's got okay. me up to 8 and 6, I believe at that point. I'm Yeah, you're going to take it as a loss. I think I think I'll take it as an L as well. Uh Okay. I don't think that the 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 Eagles are going to be amazing by any sense, but I think they're 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 one of the teams that I think is better than the Bears. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, I just yeah. Again, I just think they're better than the Bears, and I think they're going to take the win. Yeah, for sure. Well, and they're in an interesting spot where people are very hyped about Jalen Hurts. Exactly. Um, I think you yeah. can look at it in a very similar situation of Justin Fields. Like, yes, Jalen Hurts was a great college quarterback, was very talented, won a national championship. I don't know if he was the starter when they did. I think mm-hmm. he was, uh, and. You know, nothing, you, you can't take away anything what he did in the college game. I think he will be a successful NBA, NFL quarterback, uh, but I still think he needs to prove himself a little bit as well. Prove the year, I think, um, this year the, for, him, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's where I'm kind of taming it a little bit on Justin, and I don't want to, you know, get on too much of a tangent because we're talking about the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense, that Justin is in a new offense. Um, so you got to take into consideration that maybe in that first few weeks that. There might be some some plays and some some stuff that just goes over his head because he's still adjusting to this true, new true. offense. Hopefully, that's not the case. Hopefully, they've worked out these kinks throughout training camp. Uh, but you do have to take that into consideration. I do think Hertz is also on a new offense as well with the changing of or well, actually no, uh, he's been there. He's on year two, isn't he? The Eagles coach. He's, yeah, think, uh, I'm pretty Peterson sure they're both got fired two years ago. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're both in, in the same system. Uh, Head coach and Jalen Hurts. Next game after that. So what are we're at? I'm at eight and six, eight and six, I think. Yep, you're at eight and six. I am at nine and five. All right, so we're not even going to talk about the next game after that. <laughs> they go to eight and seven, uh, what? and then Why they is go. That? To, oh, because they're playing fucking Buffalo. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That's that's yeah, an that's L. just not even worth our time. That's an L. Um, at Buffalo, so I'm at eight and seven. Uh, in Chicago. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. No, doesn't it matter. really doesn't. Josh Allen's going to win MVP and Super Bowl MVP. <clears throat> Hot take from there. Hot take from <laughs> the man. Um, then they go to Detroit, and because I said that Detroit and Chicago will split the series. That one and one. One and one. I've got Detroit winning this one at Ford Field in Detroit. That brings me to eight and eight. I, last year, when... The Bears were going against the, the the Lions on that thanks in that Thanksgiving game. I wrote a blog and I was like, I still think the Bears are going to hold off the Lions. They did. They ended up winning. Um, I just I, I watching Hard Knocks, loving Dan Campbell the way I do. I still think the Bears take uh, they they go zero and two against the Packers, but they go two and zero against the Lions. I think they're going to definitely still beat the Lions. I still think they're beatable. I still think they're better, um, even with such a just whatever. <laughs> with such a headache of a team, I still think they have enough to get past the Lions. I don't think Jared Goff is gonna is gonna be that guy for for the Lions. I would want. I'd li- I would like him to. I, he needs to be, but I don't think the Lions have enough. Uh, offense behind them to, to, to beat the Bears. Well, and, and I think you've got a spot on point there. You know, in, in that sense, you know, Goff was very proven in LA with a head coach that 
has proven to be a genius, a yep. guy who is, has tailored the offense specifically to Goff's game, and now they've tailored it to Stafford, and they won the <laughs> championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so take that to all you want, how much of that is. Um, yes, Goff, you know, Goff made the throws. Goff got him to a championship. Unfortunately, they lost. Um, so, you know, yes, Goff has big on, been on the biggest stage. But how much do you want to take that to credit of Goff? How much do you want to take that to the team that he had around him, to the coaching staff he had around him? Yep. Um, and if he had won the championship, if he had won several championships, if he was a stud last year in Detroit, you know, maybe you could say, oh, he's like Tom Brady. You know, he just doesn't need Bill Belichick. Uh, but you really can't say that right now. Um, and, yes, Dan Campbell, as a tight end or former tight end, is an offensive-minded head coach, you would like to think. Um, so that has to be a, a positive for golf, uh, but I just don't think the talent um, is quite as exciting as um, <laughs> as you can be yeah. for a team like Detroit. Um, I do think Detroit has somewhat of a more of a better year than last year is is how I see it happening. Um, I do have some concerns. I do think that defense is a little soft, even though they have added Agent Hutchinson and stuff. Uh, but I do think uh, I'm concerned about them line or. Uh, their safeties and corners with the ability to try and get ball carriers down and, and prevent big plays. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I do see where you're at, yep. and I do think it's very realistic that the Bears go 2-0 and versus Lions. Um, you've got them at 10 wins right there. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> Unfortunately, Vikings. my my season is going to end at 8-9 and nine with a final loss versus Minnesota to end the season. And yeah. that brings me to eight wins and nine losses. I will... Uh, I don't know. It really... Man, it really depends, right? Because if I've got the Bears at ten wins, the Bears are probably... <laughs> what, in the playoffs? <laughs> probably in the playoffs, at least a wild card spot. At least a wild card spot. I'm thinking... I'm thinking the Bears are in the playoffs right now. Wild card spot. <laughs> Jack is having a great time. He is so entertained right now. Uh, if it just depends, it, it really does depend. Uh, will they have their starters in? Will Minnesota have their starters? In? Are Min- is Minnesota in the playoffs right now? Like, I don't know. This is a good one though. That's a true. That is actually. I didn't think about that point. And, you know, and that that does that does play into. To uh, consideration, uh, you got to think and hope. See, for I was making so a point. <laughs> you know, it is good. It is a fair point, and I understand it. And I do now understand. At least, I, I wouldn't call Eric crazy now. Is what I would say. I can see yeah. where Eric gets ten wins. Um, <clears throat> I think this is a perk of being able to do what we do. It, it, you know, we get to talk about these what ifs. Yeah. We get to talk. About, <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, and that's the fun reality of what we get to do. Um, and and as fans, we'll be able to watch and see what happens. There's a lot of question marks. I think there's uh, this is going to be the most up to grabs NFC North we've seen in a long time. It is. It um, is. So you've you've got to be excited about that as as someone that's in the Midwest and ready for some change at the <laughs> of guards at least at the at the helm. So uh, if that means Minnesota taking taking the crown, if that means Green Bay. Um, retaining it, hopefully not. I think I can live with Minnesota winning it. Um, if Minnesota has secured a playoff position at that point, you know maybe they do win that game. I, I still, 
um, struggled to see that, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I can now tell you and, and tell Eric, I'm happy to uh, um, email him, that he's not crazy anymore. It's realistic. <laughs> Well, maybe not realistic, but that you said it yourself. Is this team built for playoff caliber? Mm-hmm. The roster is definitely not. Um, no. If the schedule plays out, you know that's the the fun, exciting part of, of seventeen games. I don't like that the team doesn't have. I believe they're by until week fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of tough. You know, they got to make it through pretty much three fourths, um, a little bit more than three fourths actually of the season before they can get a rest. Um, positive notes the one Thursday game they play the next following week they play Monday so that's not really going to be uh, at least it's going to be a little bit of you know it's a different week but it's oh, not going to okay. be you know as short of a week as, as some some of those Thursday to Sunday matchups can be at least you get that extra day of yep. having Sunday off and then getting to rest through Monday playing Monday night mm-hmm. uh, so that is a positive note maybe that was built in with the fact that the Bears don't have that by until week 14 but uh, um, I don't know it's, it's going to be exciting I think you know, expectations are kind of all over the place, at least for Bears fans. You know what the world thinks. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe that will make it a little bit more um, reasonable to turn on a Bears game when they're down, you know, 14 points. Looks like it's over, but maybe they pull it back, or maybe you're just looking for individual performances. My my expectations are set as this isn't a playoff team. Uh, do I think betting the over 6.5 win total might be a decent bet at this point? Uh yeah, maybe. Honestly, it's 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 not bad. I don't know what the money is on it. I don't know what the odds are. I might. But, I might uh, do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe you made Rick a believer in that, and, and Eric, <laughs> I, I ten wins. We'll see. I t- we'll see. I, I got him at eleven and six playoffs. You got him at eight and nine, no playoffs. I might take that over six and a half wins. And I told Eric, if they go over ten wins. You are my God. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. I believe in Eric at that point. If he's look, the middle of the season is going to be amazing. They're going to go on a seven-game win streak, like I predicted, and the Bears are going to be eleven and six by the end of the season, and they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to lose in the first round, absolutely. Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, but the Bears are going to make the playoffs. You heard it here first. Big League Chicago, two weeks before the season. Well, more like a week or so. A week or so before the season. I'm just optimistic as a person in general. So that's where I'm coming from. Um, Other big Bears news. They trimmed down the roster finally to 53. Uh, The biggest, biggest, uh, I guess, cuts. Most notable. I don't want to say biggest. Most notable, I guess I would say. Mario Edwards, who they picked up last year or they signed last year offseason. Um, they wanted him. They, they wanted him to come in, be opposite side of of uh, of uh, Robert Quinn, and that just didn't work out. So he, you know, he came into it thinking he got a spot. Cut. Uh, Daz Newsom, a wide receiver that was picked by the Pace regime, Pace and Nagy, cut. I think he was one of the first cuts. I think week two cuts. He was having some trouble game one and game two. So there's really no surprise there. And then. What Jack said was not really much of a surprise with Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I thought it was just notable because, I mean, it's Nathan Peterman. He's been around the league for so long. It was just a notable one. I didn't really have any attachment to him. I didn't really give a shit, but, you know. Well, and you got to like that they kept the guy that went to Northwestern over him. Exactly. And, there you go. And the fact is, you know, Nate Peterman holds the record for most interceptions thrown in a game. 
So it's just <laughs> oh, that's right. Unfortunate. There have that's on right. the Peterman topic. I will say though, I think there has been a lot of speculation that they will bring him in as the practice squad quarterback. Yeah, is what it yeah. sounds like. I would assume so. I would assume so. And I feel like a lot of these guys uh, that they cut are going to be practice squad guys. They, you know, that's that's pretty much how this this goes. Um, but I will say one very notable person who did make it: Jack Sanborn, Lake Zurich, Illinois native, made it as a linebacker. Got a lot of help from Roquan Smith and Nick Morrow, so a lot of a lot of credit to them for him kind of making it. He he was in close to like twenty sacks for the entire uh, preseason, so really good for him. He was he was doing really well. I, I saw some of his highlights from the from the few preseason games. He's a big boy, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna make some some big hits. Um, but the two biggest things I wanted to talk about, uh, and you know, this kind of does go into the scheduling, so who knows how it's gonna go. <laughs> But the wide receiver room and the offensive line room. The wide receiver room is this right now. We have Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, Byron Pringle, Nikhil Harry, Velas Jones Jr., Dante Pettis, and Tajay Sharp. Uh, the only ones that really stand out are Mooney and Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry just because he was a first rounder. He didn't do shit in, 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 uh, in uh, New England. So... Velas Jones Jr., another guy who stands out because they just picked him up uh, this th- in this draft. Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp both had some really good highlights during the preseason. But Darna Mooney is going to be the number one guy no matter what. It's going to be him and Komet uh, leading the the offense, I think, with Justin Fields. You know, the passing game at least. Equinemius um, St. Brown, dude. I, I, I have a – I don't know why I'm high on him. Maybe because – Amon Ross St. Brown is is his brother, and he did really well in his rookie season in Detroit. You know, uh, maybe he can he can kind of take that next step in being that wide receiver, like a go to guy, number two, maybe. You know, behind Darnell. Um, but you know, Byron Pringle, uh, I think he he got he got hurt during the preseason to really play. Nikhil Harry obviously is out for a while. Vilas Jones Jr. is is out for a little bit. I don't know if he's going to make Week One. Uh, but Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp. Guys to look out for again. We you know, Komet and Darnell Mooney are going to lead the the passing game. Um, what do you uh, <laughs> what do you think of this wide receiver room as it stands now in the fifty three man? Oh, it's funny you bring it up. I think there was a clip of Dan Orlovsky talking about how Darnell Mooney just isn't a number one receiver because he was a fifth round pick. Yeah, Orlovsky, you know, get the fuck out of here. You're crazy. Um, we've seen it before. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see it again. Yeah. Um, you know, I we'll see. This is one of the biggest question marks I think the team has, mm-hmm. um, given the fact that Mooney's really the only proven receiver. Yes, Pringle has had some success with Kansas City. I think he won a ring with Kansas City. Um, I think so too. Yeah. But he was more of a guy that saw you know ten snaps a game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to wonder what his his kind of production will be as he's kind of been given that number two spot. Yes, he's hurt right now uh, with Velas and, and others being able to kind of take over that role from the veteran. Um, we'll see. You know, Yes, we saw Velas have a very impressive punt return, but we also saw him have a very unimpressive muffed punt. Um, so I think there's a lot of pressure on these rookies to perform. Um, and then, of course, losing you know Harry to the ankle injury in yep. preseason. Yes, he will be back. Uh, but you never know how long an ankle injury will linger. Um, generally, players struggle really hard to come back the same, uh, at least immediately from ankle injuries. So 
Uh, you got to wonder what his production value will be when he returns. Um, it, it's definitely the biggest, you know, question mark of this this roster is, you know, is is Fields going to have anyone else to throw to besides, you know, really a check down to Montgomery or, or you know, um, Komet or Mooney. You mm-hmm. know, and, and yes, that's three <clears throat> targets, three decent targets, but you need more than that. Um, yeah. At least to kind of keep off or defenses on their heels on their toes to be able to out-strategize your opponents. You need more weapons than just three guys because three guys are very easy to game plan for. And, you know, you saw this as the Bears really uh, had, you know, two decent targets when they had someone like Robinson and Mooney paired together Mm -hmm. and just the inability or uh, desire not to from, you know, Senor Matt Nagy. uh, (laughs) You just, you just, I don't know. So, Alan Robinson is going to be so good in LA. I think it's going to be a pretty good resurgence here. It's going uh, to be interesting. You know, I think Cooper Cup for all PPR leagues was like the third ranked uh, mm-hmm. player in draft boards. I don't think he went third in my league, um, but I really? do think like you'll see some of his production level from Cup reduce because you've got a number or you've got a guy like Robinson who can really produce. Yep. Um, yes, it was between Jacksonville and Chicago. You know how <laughs> legit of teams is that to yeah. really take to take the bank? He's gonna be um, so good. But I do think he will be very productive for that uh, that Rams team, that, especially as as they let go of uh, Robert Woods. I still think they have Van Jefferson. Um, but yeah, I think so too. You gotta you gotta assume A. Rob and, and Cooper Cup is gonna be a deadly pair for for Matt Stafford and in the ridiculous. Yeah, he's gonna be he's he's gonna kill it in L. A. with a competent quarterback and a competent coach. So good for Allen Robinson. <laughs> Maybe he might win another title. I don't know. Um, now the O line room: Riley Reef, Tevin Jenkins, Jatire Carter, Lucas Patrick, Sam Mustafer, Cody Whitehair. Zachary Thomas, Braxton Jones, and Larry Borum. A lot of names we recognize from last year. A couple newcomers, especially Braxton Jones, seventh-round pick, I believe, that kind of was taking over uh, uh, first-team snaps. I'm not totally uh, – these were the two biggest questions in the O-line room for, for, for a lot of reasons, but I'm not totally, like, uh, I guess I would say turned off by this this, this O-line right here. Um because you got some veterans, you got some new guys that are making really good plays, you know, you know, uh, in this preseason, and you've got Tevin Jenkins, who hopefully is like recovered from all the shit that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, about him, you know, being immature, fighting with coaches, all that shit. Hopefully, he comes back from that and just is better because he's a big dude. He, you know, from from all accounts, he is really good at his position. Um, Larry Borm as well is I feel like he's that quiet guy who's doing really well and is just going to continue to do really well and he isn't really outspoken or anything. And Braxton Jones, that seventh rounder from this this past draft, kind of making a name for himself really and you know making that the fifty three man roster too as a seventh rounder. So again, those I feel like these were the two biggest questions. You know, the offense of course is obviously the bigger bigger question with with, with uh, Justin Fields, but these two were like the more like nitpicky questions. Uh, what do you think about the whole line room? Well, I think Trevion Jenkins looked really impressive versus Cleveland. I'll reiterate, you know, yes, that starting group yep. of, of played the whole first half. You know, you got to assume that second quarter was not against the starting <laughs> uh, defensive line um, and defense. Mm-hmm. So take that as what you want. 
interesting enough, I, as you did say, the Jenkins saga is kind of starting to quiet down. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like, I think I got some alert on my phone today that said they're still shopping him around. And it, it's pretty oh. shocking because the guy really did look very good against Cleveland. I think he had a pancake, if not two. Mm-hmm. Um, and you love to see that. And, and you hope to build uh, that offensive line through them. Um such as Barrett Borum and, and Jenkins. And if, if the Bears feel like they need to get rid of him still, I guess there's a lot more to this story than what's being told. Yeah. But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully you can see Trevion kind of take on that role as as kind of what Cody Whitehair has done for this Bears line for the last you know five years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should be interesting to see. Uh, I think Lucas Patrick has been pretty consistent at center. Um, O-line biggest question marks guys get hurt they get yeah. hurt a lot so if, if we lose one or if we lose two you know what is this O-line going to look like what is the core going to group you know are they going to be able to hold uh, protection for fields we'll see mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be an interesting sign versus what is it Joey or Nick Bosa in in, uh, in San Francisco uh, Nick Bosa pretty sure it's Nick, it Bosa. Nick Bosa I think Joey's so, yeah, in I mean, San he's Diego gotta, or, San, you're right. or L.A., whatever the Chargers are. Um, yeah, so he's going to have Nick Bosa. He's going to have Fred Warner. He's going to have an impressive San Francisco uh, uh, defense looking to make him force his mistakes. So yeah. it should be an interesting one. Hopefully the O-line can give him some protection. Like we said, you know, Justin's a better guy that can, can create plays and, and seems to excel when he is using his legs and expending the, extending the play and pocket. So hopefully that is the case. and. Uh, but if he does have pocket protection and players are able to develop, maybe we'll see some of the long throws that we saw in college with him at Ohio State. Yes, um, please. So you got to be hopeful for that as well. Uh, but without a doubt, I think the wide receiver room and the O line room are the biggest question marks. Did this O line really get better? Did it not? <laughs> you know, yes, we know we don't see you know James Daniels in this lineup. We don't see Jermaine Effetti. Great positives. Thank God. But we need to see improvements because, yep. you know, we don't need another injury um, and we don't need another injury to the fields, uh, especially a guy who's already been, uh, you know, a guy who doesn't get the benefit of the doubt of sliding and getting um, flags, you know, when he's clearly given himself up and clearly the rule states you're not allowed to hit a defensive defense lifts quarterback once he has given himself up. It doesn't matter. Ooh. The NFL doesn't want to call the plays on him. Uh, when it happens, I think it happens yeah. at least twice this preseason and several it's times last year. Did love to see the O line mm-hmm. got up and protected the boy immediately, and uh, I think was Jenkins it? was, was one of a... them too. It might have been Jenkins again, to be honest. Uh, was it Jenkins? I know he I was, it was Jones. He was in there, but it was it was a few guys yeah. in reality. Yeah. Uh, so you do love to see that they've built that camaraderie and and they're going to protect um, Justin for hopefully this season and years to come as they look to kind of fall or solve the uh, the riddle to the successful O-line. Exactly. We can only hope for the best because we ain't got shit else to hope for. <laughs> we can only hope for that step step ahead uh, from just like the team as a whole. Again, new regime, new scheme. It's going to be – I got them at 11 wins, so it's got to be great, right? So thanks for <laughs> – Thanks for sticking with us through that long Bears section. But let's move on. Jack's got a little bit of Hawks talk before we get out of here. What do you, what do you got? 
Yeah, quick one. Um, as we've kind of been following throughout the summer, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is it going to be Kane out of town first? Is it going to be Taze out of town first? Who's going to be out of town? Um, nobody. We'll see. No, nobody says Rick, but I, I beg to differ, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, the last rumor that we talked about for Kane was that there really wasn't going to be a move made before the start of the season, and it would be more likely found towards the end or if not middle of the year. Um that might not happen right now. As as the sweepstakes have, have heated up in the last 40, 36 hours, um, teams such as Columbus, teams such as Toronto, uh, potentially teams such as Detroit, who's trying to rebuild themselves out of the cellar, and potentially his hometown team of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, so clubs are, are starting to really call and, and find out what it would take to, to lift Kane. Kane and his agent are still under the understanding that he won't be moved before the start of the season. It would be something that would happen in the middle of the year. Um, Kane has been decently outspoken in the fact that he wants to continue to win. Um, I, I don't know if I saw the comment correctly. I do think he made a jab at, at Toronto and the fact that they can't get out of the first round. I don't know if that was Kane <laughs> exactly, but I do know someone made that. Uh, so interesting to see what happens there. I mean, him and everyone Dubis. else is making that same comment. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Kyle Dubas and Kyle Davidson, the GMs for both teams, have had some tiffs in years past as they had a, a little bit of a argument over the deadline last year as Davidson was um, a little bit more outspoken than Dubas felt he should have been. Um, but, yeah, no, I... I so definitely something we'll track here as we get a little mm-hmm. bit closer to the start of training camp um, as we enter the month of September. What will the future hold? Will Patrick Kane, the great 88, start the year in uh, in Chicago or will it be somewhere else? You know, like I said, New York, Sabres, or Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. um, Toronto, Detroit, and potentially Columbus are calling about um, the services for the the superstar. I would hate to see him go, but yeah, I mean, the reason, obviously, is like he wants to go to a winner, or at least a competitor for the playoffs, right? So that's kind of why the whole middle of the season type of thing is probably why they're like, yeah, well, don't, don't jump the gun yet on any trades or anything, but man, the return for Kane would be crazy. Uh, I mean, we thought the one for DeBrinket would be, but apparently it wasn't. Uh, but the one for Kane would be massive. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Well, it starts with the fact that the Hawks have said that they're willing to eat most of Kane's contract, and that will help um, dramatically. Even though it is a one-year deal, I think he's got he's owed eight plus million dollars next mm-hmm. season. So teams that are are in the competitive windows, some can't take that on with salary cap relief. With the Hawks taking some of that, it looks more possible. Um, I have speculated what I would love from the Rangers. I don't know what I would necessarily want from Columbus, Toronto, um, or uh, Buffalo, but nonetheless, should be interesting to watch. Yeah. And and unfortunately, you kind of know he's leaving. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Um, so there's really no holding that side of hope. Um, that that cup of hope is empty, and and. Uh, um, like I said, you know, we were spoiled earlier in the episode. We were spoiled by the dynasty. That's the reality of it. It's it's uh, maybe not where they should have been at this point and where things realistically looked like they were heading, but uh, due to poor leadership, due to poor um, management, these choices were made. This is the situation this team is in. 
And, uh, uh yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kane. You will always be remembered in Chicago. And Taze. Once Taze leaves as well. Um, all right, that was Hawks Talk. And that is the episode. Thanks for sticking with us for the hour and a half. It's been a while since we've done a long one like this. It's been a while since we talked about the Hawks. Uh, I've got the Bears going to the Super Bowl pretty much. Jack's got them on their 500. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. He's coughing. He's, he's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Um, but yeah, anyway. Again, thanks for sticking sticking by. Let us know what you guys think uh the Bears will Bears record will be this this upcoming season. It's little it's a little less than 2 weeks away from the NFL season from the beginning of the NFL season. So excited for that. Um check out only football for me and Kyle. We're going to live stream a couple uh, actually a few games this season. Um but yeah, check out only football. Check out 3 up 3 down to hear Jack and Alex talk shit about the Sox and La Russa. Uh keep listening to Big League Chicago. You can find us on YouTube. Search Crack One Media. You will find all our YouTube shorts and videos up there. Go to crackwoodmedia.com to check out our blogs as well as listen to our podcasts on Spotify and Apple. You can find us on Instagram at Crack One Media. You can find me on Twitter at NLRick, Jack at SiffyMan. And, you know, if you like us, share us on your, on your social medias. On your Snapograms, on your face space, on everything you got. I'm an old man, so I don't know what the fuck's going on out there. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, And, uh, yeah, share us, rate us on Spotify and Apple and everything. Um, yeah, good show today, Jack. Always a pleasure, man. I'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Yeah, see you soon. See ya. My women plus size, no lie. That why I stress my on your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, French fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my verses, my fluffy. She swear she let me eye. Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL and fit her perfect. Won't catch me lurking at all. My Richard once I spit all. Since I'm proud and so tall, those cheeks around of applause over and over and over again. So my homie and my parents, we were only just friends at first. I couldn't let my secret out then It's getting deeper now But I don't care what others think about me Came out of depression Had to pick up the penny Get skinny nigga Thick wallet Chubby chasing them Benjamins now Tribe got all day to change the name So we winning again Sound partial Hey Welcome to the halftime show I love Khalifa nigga Flatline Yeah I know Niggas quick to lose cool And 
frown down on something new that they ain't used to Like nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show I love to leave a nigga flatline Yeah, I know Niggas quick to lose school And frown down on something new that they ain't used to Them all these little screw niggas that